Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham, a business journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. It's a special episode today. It's the 75th episode of Dealcast in partnership with SS&C Intralinks. In it, we're discussing the M&A Annual Leaks Report, which is a recent study by the M&A Research Centre at Bayes Business School, commissioned for SS&C Intralinks. The report analyses the global significance of pre-announced trading and its effect on M&A bids. Joining me is Dr. Valeria Vitkova, who's a senior lecturer and director of client research at the M&A Research Centre at the Faculty of Finance at Bayes Business School. Valeria carried out the research for this report. Hi, Val. Good to have you back and thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me back. So, Let's start by looking at an overview of M&A deal leaks in 2021. One of the key takeaways from the report was that the level of leaks in 2021 compared to 2020 was broadly the same. Can you tell us more about that and some of the report's other main findings, please? Yeah, so based on our uh, overall analysis of the incidence of uh, M&A deal leaks in the latest uh, year, 2021, uh, we do see that the percentage of deals where there was abnormal pre-announcement trading remained broadly at the same level or very close level to um, the previous year, 2020. So specifically, just to give you some numbers, what we find is that uh, 8.8% of all deals announced during 2021 involved a leak compared to uh, 8.2% during 2020. And you can think of these numbers relative to the overall average for our sample, uh, where we started the analysis in 2009, and that's 7.8%, so approximately 8% that we observe over the entire period. And I think that when you look at these numbers initially, you might think it's not very uh, interesting. However, I think the fact that the overall incidence of deal leaks has remained roughly at the same level, a similar level since 2009, suggests that to some degree the actions that are taken by regulators uh, to prevent deals from leaking are not fully effective. Perhaps not throughout all the regions, but definitely in some regions. And we need to acknowledge, of course, that uh, sometimes deals leaks happen due to pure accidents or mistakes. But we cannot assume that all leaks are uh, unintentional. And so it does suggest that in some regions and countries, perhaps there should be tougher measures that need to be taken. Yes, and we'll look at some of those regions in a bit more detail shortly. The report also states that the leak deals, the value of those deals has doubled in 2021 versus 2020. So even though the number of leaks has stayed the same, the value has shot up hugely. What's the explanation for that? Yeah, so first, just to give you some idea about what we find in terms of uh, deal value, the deal value of leak deals, in 2021, it amounted to $142 billion uh, versus $69 billion for 2020. 
And so basically the average uh, value of leaked deals was up 60% in 2021. One potential explanation for this could be simply the fact that 2021 was a record-breaking year for M&A activity, both in terms of volume and value. And I have some statistics here just to uh, give you an idea about what we mean by that. So the total value number in 2021 was $5.9 trillion, which was $1.5 trillion higher than the previous all-time record, which was in 2015. And also the number of mega deals that we had in 2021 And uh, mega deals here, I'm using a definition which says it needs to be a deal with a value of more than $5 billion. That increased by 63%. So I think this backdrop is likely to partly uh, explain this. But then if you want to think deeply, so what is actually causing these higher valuations? Um, then that's likely to be the result of a combination of factors, such as uh, we had a lot higher investor confidence in 2021. And this was stimulated by a solid economic growth in the major M&A markets, relatively easier access to capital and lots of dry powder at private equity houses. So all of that meant that the valuations, uh, such as, for example, if we take the one of the most popular valuation metrics in M&A, which is the uh, EBITDA transaction multiples, that peaked in 2021, if you look at the numbers. And also uh, other factors, the regulatory environment was uh, arguably more accommodating compared to what we have uh, today. Uh, there was lots of uh, stimulus infusions, capital infusions by government, central banks, favorable interest rates, more advantageous tax environments as well. So I think the overall sentiment and the uh, environment, economic, regulatory was very, very different. And that stimulated uh, these valuations and then leaks were inevitably uh, associated with higher value deals. And so you touched on region a bit earlier, but can we look at how the level of deal leaks differs from region to region? Can you give us some detail on which geographies are experiencing more leaks? Yeah, so we do observe some differences, some some significant differences when we look at uh, uh, major regions in our analysis. So, for example, deal leaks increased in the EMEA region, so that's uh, Europe, Middle East and Africa, and the uh, APAC region, Asia-Pacific. In the EMEA, we saw an increase of approximately 3 percentage points, and in the APAC region, it was approximately 2 percentage points. In contrast, the Americas saw a drop in uh, deal leaks of... uh, uh, roughly 2.5 percentage points. And I think that these regional differences are interesting because these numbers are not just driven by the higher level of activity observed in one region versus the other. If you look at the breakdown in terms of uh, deal activity volumes that took place 
in the these three major regions, EMEA, APAC, and North America, this was roughly identical. Literally, it was roughly one third for each. So what that suggests is that there's something uh, else, more than just greater competition for target companies and just greater excitement in the M&A markets that's driving this. When we look at the country level, uh, what we find is that there are three countries uh, which had the highest uh, levels of leagues in 2021. That's uh, South Korea, uh, which experienced 19% approximately incidence of uh, leaks. Hong Kong, where we had 16%, and Germany, where we had uh, approximately 12% of all announced deals being associated with uh, uh, information leakage. And what's the explanation for these regional and country differences? So I think one key factor that we have to take into account is the degree of uh, regulatory uh, measures that are being taken and the degree to which the markets are being monitored. In some countries, that's uh, definitely, I think, more effective than others. And we can take the example of the UK, where a decade ago, we had a significantly higher proportion of uh, deals involving leaks. And then we saw a, a deliberate effort by the regulators to um, step up the measures and to make sure that there is a real threat that is perceived among market players so that uh, if you leak a deal, then there's real consequences. And, 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 and that worked because then what we've seen during the last 10 years is that the uh, incidence of leaks in the UK has decreased and it has stayed uh, consistently lower compared to what it was 10 years ago. That's one factor. There could be also cultural uh, aspects as well. So in some markets, it is just the way that business is done. And it, it could even be perceived as something that uh, is normal and the regulators may not necessarily uh, be very tough on uh, information leaks. Germany is an interesting uh, case because there uh, we might think that the regulatory environment is stringent. It, it probably is, uh, but the way that German board of directors, the corporation's board of directors are organized is that typically you have representatives of uh, unions, worker unions and employees uh, being part of the board of directors. And uh, typically when you have an M&A deal, from the target's point of view, uh, one uh, uh, take also one result is that there might be job losses. And so the employees, of course, might be concerned about that. So there could be the incentive to leak the deal so that uh, in the hope that you will derail uh, the M&A transaction from taking place. It will just fall through. Because when you leak a deal, it could speed up the process, but depending on the circumstances, it can also uh, make it more likely that the deal just fails. And as you've brought it up, can we look a bit at 
why people leak information about deals. Obviously, concern about job losses is, is one of the reasons. What are the other reasons? So I think one of the main reasons, and that's based on um, our findings, is that the selling price, so the premium that the target can extract from the M&A deal, can increase significantly if you leak the deal. So what tends to happen is that if it's the target that has initiated the leak, then it's likely typically that this is a high quality target. So normally what studies have found is that those companies that leak M&A deals, they are good M&A targets. They are attractive M&A targets. And so they are confident that once they leak the information, this will attract competing offers. Uh, and so what this can create is a, an auction style environment where you attract lots of uh, competing bidders and that naturally is going to drive up the selling price. And so the winning bidder is going to be the one that offers uh, the highest uh, price. So that could be one. It could also speed up the process. So if you have a keen buyer that really wants to buy that target, then uh, leaking the deal could uh, increase the threat that there could be competitors that might come in. You want to avoid that. So you might be stimulated to uh, or forced to increase the, the price to shorten the time that you spend on due diligence and the uh, closing process and just just work towards closing the deal as soon as possible. From the acquirer's point of view, from the bidder, it could be that you actually want to achieve the opposite result. So you may want the deal to not go ahead. Uh, maybe you found something during the due diligence process with target that uh, you don't like. Maybe you identified risk areas that are of particular concern. And so one way to attract other buyers and to make sure that you can get out without having to pay any breakup fees uh, or any penalties uh, is to leak the deal. Because then that, again, creates this auction process. Someone else maybe will uh, offer a higher price and end up being the successful bidder. So there are different incentives on the buy side and on the sell side. And it really depends on the circumstances. And... What do leaks mean for the takeover premium and also the time it takes to complete the deal? Because just because it's leaked, it doesn't always mean that the deal is, is speeded up. No, exactly. So first, in terms of the takeover premium, uh, what we find is that for the latest year, 2021, where we have data, uh, is that the premium for deals associated with leaks is significantly higher. So it was 54% median uh, deal premium. So that's nearly twice the premium associated with non-leak deals, which was approximately 28%. And then what we have done to kind of translate these percentage values into actual uh, amount of dollar value uh, is, uh, so we have an estimate and that estimate tells us that the targets of leak deals gain a, a median. So the mid, middle, the middle target in our sample gains 42 million extra 
from uh, leaking the, the transactions. So we can see that there is this a significant incentive because of the gains associated with leaking that could uh, obviously uh, stimulate companies to do this. In terms of the time that it takes, it could speed up the process um, if the acquirer really wants, is very keen to purchase this company. Um, and so they will want to uh, speed up the process, maybe offer a higher price to make sure that the deal closes quickly. But it could really also result in the opposite. So it could actually make the transaction process more complex. Because if you leak a deal prematurely, then that means that maybe you don't have all the necessary approvals from key stakeholders. Uh, and regulators in order to complete the deal. And if you don't have those yet, then the whole process can actually become more protracted and the uncertainty, actually, the deal may become less likely to complete, particularly if you leak confidential information as well, and that upsets uh, the target company. So it really, it could backfire. So leaks can, it, it can be quite unpredictable what will happen uh, if, if a deal leaks. And it really depends on the circumstances of the uh, individual transaction. Yeah, so it sounds like it's not necessarily beneficial to leak a deal, but you don't know which way it's going to go. Just to finish, can we look at some industries? A few industries have been singled out in the report which see leaks more commonly. Can you give us examples of those and explain if there's been a change to those industries, please? Yeah, so based on the our latest report, the three sectors that saw the highest amount of uh, pre-announcement abnormal trading, so leaks, were healthcare, where we saw 3% of all announced deals being associated with leaks, uh, retail, where it was 12%, and industrials, uh, where it was uh, 11%. And it's interesting to note that these sectors are not the ones that are traditionally seen as being the leakiest sectors. So traditionally, we tend to see uh, real estate, consumer or TMT, or at least that's what we've seen in the previous uh, couple of years. So then we thought about what could be the driving factors. And really what it comes down to is the degree of competition within these sectors for potential targets. And so healthcare, retail and industrials are sectors that were faced with significant opportunities and and challenges during uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, And I think that was probably one of the key drivers in 2021 that resulted in this higher incidence of leaks that we observe. So, for example, if you take the healthcare sector, uh, pre-pandemic, the focus for companies was on uh, consolidation among big pharma, while the pandemic itself stimulated the focus more on medical suppliers, biotech firms, contract research organizations. So there was suddenly this increased activity within those areas of uh, healthcare and increased competition uh, 
Uh, and whenever you have that high activity, high competition for targets, then targets will be tempted to leak because they can benefit from that, particularly if they're good targets. Uh, in the retail sector, uh, there was increased focus on uh, e-commerce, digitalization, uh, as well as health and wellness products. Uh, and these trends, I think, were reinforced by the pandemic, particularly e-commerce, uh, all of them, digitalization in health and wellness. And so uh, similarly, you can look at the industrials and you can say uh, companies were more focused on strengthening supply chains, reducing costs, uh, trying to generate more economies of scale. So these sectors were in a way reinvigorated by the specific circumstances that we had uh, during the pandemic. Um, I think that that's that that was likely the key driver of, of what we observed in terms of the incidence of leaks. That's great. Val, thanks very much. Nice to talk to you. That was Dr. Valeria Vitkova, a senior lecturer and director of client services at the MA Research Centre at Bayes Business School. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast, our 75th episode in partnership with SSC Intralinks. Please rate, review, and follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or look out for your Merger Market News Alert. For more information, have a look at our show notes. Join us next week for another episode.